0: Chapter Eleven of On the Yukon Trail by Roy J. Snell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven: A Moving Spot on the Horizon. But the outlaws' teams of powerful dogs had endurance to exceed anything ever before witnessed by those who followed on their trail. Even Jennings was astonished by the manner in which they ate up the miles those dogs are devils he exclaimed after ten days of trailing them devils is what they are and the prince of devils is their driver straight north the trail ran there could be no mistaking it in the soft snow of the forest as jennings had said it might have been followed after three months had elapsed just as surely as on the day after it was made Up frozen streams, over ridges, when streams were too rapid to freeze even in midwinter, down narrow Indian trails, when snow-laden branches constantly showered the traveler with snow, the trail led. On and on and on, always as nearly as possible, due north. At night, camp made and supper over. Curly, his instruments before him, his receiver over his head, always sat on his sleeping bag. With arms crossed over his feet, with head dropping forward like Jack London's primitive man, he listened for sounds. The sounds he expected to hear were from the air, not from the forest. That was the only difference. Otherwise, he was that same primitive man, hunting and being hunted in turn he was ever pursuing the outlaw but who could tell when the same outlaw might face about upon the trail and become himself the hunter so they moved forward once curly received a thrill on examining a camp lately deserted by the one who went before he came upon a strange footprint a single print of moccasin or skin boot in the snow yet how it made his heart beat this footprint was much smaller than that of the outlaw could this be the whisperer at first it seemed to him that there could be but one answer it is but at that time they were not beyond the creeks and rivers inhabited and traveled by indians two indian sleds had not long since passed that way Might it not be that some Indian woman or girl had visited the camp of the outlaw? So Curly's certainty was destroyed. Yet he still had a feeling that this might have been the footprint of the whisperer. Nothing more came to him from the air. The outlaw was silent. So, too, was the whisperer night after night he caught only now and again a fragment of some song or some orchestra production being broadcast thousands of miles away now and again there would come fragments of messages from afar but never anything of importance from the air they learned nothing of the position of the outlaw but by examining the signs of camp and trail jennings long accustomed to these signs was able to announce to them each night that they were drawing closer ever nearer to the man they sought now they were three days journey from him now two now one and a half now only one faint and far distant they fancied they caught sight of the column of smoke rising straight above the forest from his campfire, food became scarce they had bought dried fish from the last indian camp they had come upon now this had to suffice for both men and dogs the outlaw they knew by signs of the trail had been more fortunate once a reindeer straying from some distant domestic herd had forfeited life by crossing his path At another time, a caribou doe and her fawn had fallen victim to his rifle. "'It's tough luck,' Jennings had exclaimed. "'Him with all that fresh meat, and us with none. But the tables will turn. We're gaining, gaining every day. The soft trail for him becomes hard for us after the night's freeze. You'll see you will get him yet.' "'But where do you think he's headed for?' Joe demanded. Can't tell. Jennings scratched his head. Maybe some Eskimo village. Maybe some reindeer camp. and Maybe. Did you say Munson had a supply camp somewhere? Yes. Well, maybe he's headed for that. To use it or to destroy it? Destroy it? Jennings stared at him in astonishment. What would be the sense of destroying it? he doesn't know he's being followed leastwise i don't think he does who'd think of destroying a winter supply of grub it wasn't napoleon who burned moscow was it joe did not answer but he and curly had their own private notions about the matter then just as they hoped to be closing in upon the prey two things happened which postponed that great event for many days They came suddenly out upon the open tundra, where the snow was hard-packed by the wind, where the trail was difficult to follow, and where, with as good a trail as the boys had to follow, the soft snow no longer gave them the advantage, and the outlaw could make as good time as they. Probably better, for his dogs were stronger. Bad luck to us, Jennings stormed we'll have to follow him straight to the arctic and us with no food but a dozen pounds of fish if we don't watch out we'll be in full retreat eating our dogs as we go curly who had been sitting on his sled silently watching something in the distance suddenly leaped to his feet exclaiming it moves what does demanded joe something off there to the left think it's him who the outlaw no i don't what i do think though is that it's a reindeer or caribou a moment later he ordered make camp right here we've got to have meat and this is our chance looking to the clip in his rifle he turned to go then after a second's reflection he turned back partly unpacked the sled and having dragged out a strange-looking belt buckled it on beneath his mackinaw. "'Just by way of extra precaution,' he smiled. Atop the nearest ridge, he turned to wave his hand. Had he known what events would transpire before he saw his companions again, he would most surely have turned back. Not knowing, he shaded his eyes for a moment once more to locate the moving spot on the horizon, then went strolling down the low hill." End of chapter 11, recording by Tom Penn.